Hello and welcome to a new episode of the BIM Voice podcast. Today we have with us Mark Felix Redberg, who is a BIM implementation expert in Germany. Welcome, Mark Felix. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Please introduce yourself. Yes, uh, I'm a construction engineer and BIM implementation expert, what you said already. I worked for the last 15 years implementing BIM in different companies and organizations like architectural offices, engineering offices and companies, but also uh, on the um, construction side with contractors. Um, I was working for PIAB, I was working for Implenia, and um, for the last couple of years, I was focusing on um, larger organizations implementing BIM, developing BIM strategies, implementing BIM in their uh, business model. And uh, this is what I do right now. Um, since um, 2018, I'm working from Germany. And um, yeah, the company Redbird Consulting is, is focusing actually on those uh, organizations in the construction industry um, to help them do the, the step towards the AAC 4.0. Okay, I understand. There is a handful there. There are so many things we can talk about. Is your company a one-man show or do you have more uh, employees? Um, we are actually three. So it's me as the BIM implementation expert. We have David, uh, who's actually a psychologist uh, in the team who's focusing on the psychology of change to actually combine change management with a change in the industry to to get change management to work uh, more efficiently. Um, we have Ruth, she's the office manager, managing the offices in, in, in Oslo here in Germany. We have a couple of um, yeah, network friends, friends and networks, colleagues, uh, which we actually pull into our projects when we need them. From modeling point of perspective, um, yeah, quality checking of, of um, coordination projects and so on. Okay. I understand. And the, is this office uh, uh, based in Germany or uh, Norway or uh, you uh, from other places? Yeah, we have an office in, in Norway, um, in Oslo, actually in, in the Oskarsgarten. Um, and we have the office here in, in uh, Germany, uh, nearby uh, Frankfurt. Okay. Psychologist. That is a new one. I, it's the first time I'm, I'm hearing about this and uh, I, I must ask you more about this because that's huge actually. I think you, you've seen uh, like a x-ray exactly to the worst pain we have. Like this, the, the, and that is? the change, the cultural change that it's so difficult to, to do anything about it. I see that as the biggest challenge actually. It is. To approach and to adopt BIM. Yeah. Can you give some details about how did you came to uh, did you come to this realiza realization and uh, how are you using this? Hmm, of course, when I started out in two thousand and five, actually doing cut trainings, it was all about the technology, right? It was something like giving AutoCAD courses, giving Revit courses, and so on. And um, from that point of view, it was more or less like a technology adoption. You said, okay, this is the software. These are the enabling um, courses. And, and afterwards you had supported them and then, then they used it in their daily business. With BIM, it's different. You have a new tool uh, like Revit, RTCut or, or whatever. And um, you also change the processes. So you need to focus on that one. So it's not just technology um, and processes. Um, so, so when you start digging in and start to read about change management, it comes down to the public, uh, to, to the, to the model that you talk about people process technology frameworks, right? 
you need to define technology and processes, how they uh, integrate, and then you need to focus on change management. That was the point, the starting point of the journey. But if you want to do this in a larger context, uh, for example, in an organization with a thousand plus uh, employees, um, you don't have enough time to actually convince every single one of them. So you will actually start with something you know, processes and technology. Um, you will actually communicate the benefit of those new processes, um, but you will meet resistance in the field, like operations. And when you leave the room, you will have the feeling of, okay, someone is closing down the, the software after you have left. And when you come again, you're asking, okay, how did it go? Ah, sorry, we didn't have time. This is maybe some, some experience you can share. And that was the point where I asked myself, why is there so much resistance in the game? So how, how could you actually motivate those, those people? And um, yeah, in, 2000 and, um, in 18, 2018, I just started the new project. Uh, we had an international group of people from all around the world, from all other, other countries, collect, as a, collected in one room. And we were starting to assemble these, uh, these guys for the, for the core team. And this was the point where we started talking with the psychologist, with David, um, how we could apply actually some, some models like Bellbean um, to, to select the right uh, composition of the team. And um, yeah, that, that was the first day where we focused on that. Um, if you go into the psychology of change, this is something we are preparing right now. Um, we have a lot of, uh, how to say, emails requesting those, those, those courses, but due to Corona, we cannot give these workshops anymore. So we have to focus on, okay, how, how do we proceed? How do we get this knowledge out of the, out of the uh, door? Do we share it with online courses or, or material online? But we want to share this because it's so simple. It's, it's the relationship of the individual to the change. Yeah, of course, why not? I think it's vital to do that. And uh, it might be, maybe more uh, even uh, make more sense for you as uh, like financially it might be more uh, profitable to do it this way you can reach more people more customers maybe yeah first of all it, it needs to be defined all the way um yeah business model is there of course um but if you focus on courses right away i i don't think this is the right approach um what we are doing right now is that we have captured all the knowledge we have the experience we have now um, and have we, we have defined our own BIM implementation framework. Three okay. phases, uh, 10 steps, and uh, we can go through a BIM implementation starting with a lot of strategy, uh, strategic work, strategic alignment, where you look at the company's um, corporate strategy, find out where the company wants to go, then define uh, a good BIM strategy uh, which can be different. We can talk about that one a little bit later, why this is so important. And then you get the um, commitment of the board, of the exec executive board, right? And from that, uh, we can go in phase two, where you actually assemble the team of people you need to work on the processes to integrate the technology and to do the pilot project. And after you have done the pilot project, the real, start, as a, the, the real implementation starts, where you can actually take these uh, successfully trialed um, project aspects and put them into stories to actually tell them in your company, in your organization. And when you share this, um, all the others, they will have contact points to, to BIM. 
they will actually they they can follow the projects right they can actually learn about how bim works through storytelling through videos you can provide on the internet um you you, you can build interest in terms of um that that other early adopters get in contact with you asking for 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 help and support in their first project right and this is where you where you build the foundation where you actually grow the interest in the company where you do a lot of things to create the awareness you need to get the desire you need to give them knowledge and then it's how to say working with the early adopters and building the platform with the train the trainer concept okay i understand can you give some examples of uh tasks or how exactly the psychologist is involved in this process or in these processes does he go in the con direct contact with the cost with the clients as well or it, it only helps to to shape the you the how you implement the strategy um both um it's it's not that we actually do do psychological assessments right it's not that everyone needs to go to the shrink and <laughs> gets evaluated it's more or less that it's happening in the background so if you if you are assembling a team you you always um be there with uh, more than you you are more than just you right you go in with him he, he's part of the team and um we get smarter and smarter every day uh, every day every time we do this um but he has knowledge in regards to the different characteristics of the people we need if you look up belbean for example this is the methodology where you have nine different types of people from the strategist to the doer to the maker to the to different kinds of aspects in the team you need you need to have the specialist who can focus on details you will need have um the the guys who actually translate this into doing right people who know the processes well enough and understand the the problems and the implications of um, the adjustments you do and this is something you can actually identify early on in the in the beginning team building is a very important part as well where you need to actually if you if you want to work with the team intensively uh, over the next couple of years you need to assemble this team Right, and this is where where also a lot of knowledge from from the psychology of change comes in, where the psychologist is definitely a person you have in 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 our team where we go to the customer and assemble those teams, look at the processes, define a strategy, how to bring this into the organization. And this is actually the hardest part is phase three, after you have done the first project, when you do all the selected project, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, how do you communicate this? into your organization it's not that you use uh, psychological tricks but it's more or less like that you get a better or that i do get a better understanding of um, where they are located are they more more resistant to the change or do they have an active relationship to the change to define different strategies in the background in terms of how you communicate what kind of storylines you create um, of content to to actually define this relationship in favor for change yeah yeah th this is fascinating for me and and very out of the box uh, if you can put it that way because we don't have uh, these roles in our industry traditionally right and i'm thinking like isn't that uh, like uh, that definitely it is 
how how big of a challenge is that to to explain like to a customer or a client to sell this like do you must sell you you must sell this right you must involve in order to to uh, have to implement the best uh, strategy you can come up with like you need the uh, the help from uh, the psychologist and you need to sell that right the customers the, must believe in that and must pay for that right how how do they perceive this when they they hear that your team uh, has a has a psychologist isn't a lot of resistance for this when you when you deal with this with the customers um it's 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 not one of the 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 bigger selling points it's not that we go in and say okay our unique selling proposition is that we have a psychologist on the team we have this in terms of that we say our implementation framework the one we use the one which will be published soon is is actually um, what we assume as our best practice, how to implement BIM in the construction industry. It's developed over a couple of years with a lot of BIM implementations in the back. It's addressing a lot of problems. And the knowledge, the psychology, uh, yeah, psychology of change is derived from those problems, right? That I had questions um, in regards to, okay, how, how do we address this, right? Also, how, how could we actually enhance the relationship of uh, the early majority, right? To, as a, I, I don't know if you know the technology yes. life cycle. This is something you see often on the screens um, of presentations nowadays. But the question is, what is, what is differentiating um, the early adopters from the early majority, right? What are the characteristics? What's happening in their heads? So the quest, first question we articulated was, how do individuals and, and organizations react to change? We know that some people are reacting with as an open resistance, but there are other people doing this in a guerrilla style, like, like silent underground resistance, right? And there are, there are definitely people who, who are looking for solutions to their problems. They want to solve this. And this is something you can observe in, in, in the organization in real life, right? And to better understand that uh, it's the relationship you have to work with that you get, uh, how to say, to the point where you have an early adopter and you can motivate him to do this, but that it's not important to, to focus on a laggard or late majority or early majority because we know they are, they, they are not taking risks. They want to have social proof. They want to feel secure that what they do is the right way, right? They, they, they don't want to fail. Right, because it's happening uh, under a lot of stress and, and responsibility. So these are the points where we um, designed actually something which um, we are really proud of. This is called the topic psychology of change. And the second one is the model of exponential transformation. So we know that stories have an impact, right? If you, as a, you, you uh, when, when you were a child, maybe your, your mother or your parents read um, tales to you. And they, they have messages, right? And um, what you can do is actually you can synthesize um, behaviors. You can synthesize values, uh, best practice, knowledge, facts, information, so on, into stories. And we are not taking stories as something fictional, but um, more from a journalistic point of view. And um, you, can, you can craft these stories, you can craft behaviors. This is something, what we call the story. And you can share this story in your internal networks. You have 
the official networks, your organization is structure, you and, and, and the department you're working in, your, your boss, and then, then the leaders over him. So this is the organization is structure. This is officially. But you also have informal social networks. The guys you do um, lunch with, the guys you talk at the coffee machine, uh, the guys you meet after work, right? And um, they share information. If you want it or not, you cannot control communication, but you can actually put something into the communication cycles, like good stories, like, like these success projects we were talking about all the time, right? And if you have crafted those well, you have different storylines. For example, this strategy, right? Why do we need to do this change? What does it mean for us as a company? How does this align with the overall strategy that you want to focus on? You are working for New Avaya, right? And, uh, and no, but uh, not. Afri, right? So, so Afri uh, and, and New Avaya, they have, a, they have a specific point of view how they want to do BIM, in what kind of context they want to do BIM, what kind of BIM does make sense. Right, and this does not mean it makes the same sense for a different company like like Implenia, Peab, NCC, Skanska, or so. So you have to have the the right stories to explain why this is, right? And you can do the other one, the hard work when you after after you you received your mandate and and you have to have uh, BIM implemented and you're crafting all your internal processes and uh, integrate this with technology. What kind of benefit does technology bring and so on? And the hard work to do the pilot project. You can, you can communicate this, you can put this into stories and promised if you do this in video, like you do now with your podcast, you reach more people than you do with a text uh, article in, on, on the internet, right? In good times, this article was read uh, 80 times or so. But uh, the video blog right before um, Christmas was read, clicked hundreds of times, thousands even, because everyone was interested. It was easy to consume. It had a simple message and it's like documentation or Netflix, YouTube. You do this to relax, to get some together information in, uh, in an easy way. And this is what we are using in the model of exponential transformation that you, um, you have this synthesis of of, of content, you're putting this into stories like behaviors, values, best practice, and so on. And you can share this in the network. And if you are, are a company, an organization who does not have a lot of experience in sharing information, you can even drill, do fire drills, how to share information and train this capability in your organization to share. And this will actually lead to that someone who's a laggard or a late majority does not mean that they are laggard and late majority when it comes to video content or, or iPhone or electrical cars or, right? This yeah. means that in terms of BIM, they are maybe old school because they feel insecure with software, which is not stable enough, right? And this is something you can use. And this is everything combined, my knowledge from all these BIM implementations and struggling and reading and, and finding out and trying something else to the point where I, I addressed this and said, okay, we need to have a psychologist in the team who can actually explain to me why this is happening. And this was the point where all the coffee breaks became hilarious and interesting. And, and yeah, something derived from that. Psychology of change in the model of exponential transformation, something which is a structured way to take information into the organization, to, 
to change the, the, the behavior, the, the, the reaction to change. And you, can, you cannot speed it up, but at least you can give them what they need to take the next step towards the change. Wow. And this is what we do. And the experience is that um, you gain speed. And it's a lot of fun um, to see that information is shared, that uh, they are deriving um, superheroes from that. That's so nice to right? hear. The guys, the first ones who, who did the projects, who it, it, it's not that you just communicate the good stuff, right? Ah, we used this and we found 200 collision as a clashes between and so on. But it was also so now this process stagnates. We don't know how to proceed further. It's also the ups and downs, ups and downs. But in the end, you come out with a success story and everyone took part of this. And you also, how to say, can transport a lot of culture. How does the company, uh, how to say, focus on, on change? How do they support me when I do the first project, right? Everything you can put into there, and you can, uh, yeah, speed up and um, yeah, your your um, transformation. This is actually quite interesting. Yeah, this sounds very exciting. It's uh, it's it's something that uh, I'm I'm still shocked that uh, I did not hear about this any talks before. I guess there are not many companies that are doing this, so maybe that's why. But uh, it's good that uh, somebody saw the missing link here and uh, tried to do something. And uh, I'm glad that you're, you are doing and uh, you, you managed to, to, to make a business out of this. It's very important. Yeah, we, we, we are actually um, asked from our customers to help them to, to do these implementations, right? So if you compare, for example, Germany with Norway. In Norway, the whole journey started in 2008. And by 2011, it was the question, okay, which of the five contractors uh, is, is capable of doing BIM, right? To take this further downstream. And this is uh, where, where I joined PayUp that, that time and um, worked on that front. And um, in, in Germany, it's different. Um, BIM didn't face the earth um, before 2014. Uh, due to a couple of projects uh, in the in the publicity, um, and now the adoption is increasing, right? But we are still there where we were in 2011 in Norway. That that companies approach BIM, they try to find out the trial and error. They are looking around, they are learning faster because it's existing. Um, they can adopt, but um, still BIM, BIM is not that common in Norway. Um, I at least. Uh, have the impression that a lot of projects are bimmed in various um, maturity levels, right? Um, a lot of prefabrication approaches, um, they, they are done due to BIM, because you can communicate and gather everyone and, and, and coordinate the models and so on. This is not, um, not very common here. And the market is also a, little, a lot bigger here in, in, in Germany. So, the companies who approach us, they have clear vision. They know that they have tried BIM now for two to three years. It's often a bottom-up initiative. And now, now they need to focus. Now they are asking themselves, okay, why doesn't it bring it this promised return on invest? And this is the point where we can jump in because the other topic is the strategic anchoring of, of BIM in the company strategy, right? And if you do this right, 
If you have, for example, a construction company focusing on risk management or operational excellence, this is a totally different approach and BIM strategy because then you would probably focus on BIM uh, and the calculate as a cost estimation process where you focus on, on model-derived quantities and a better understanding of, of, of the building in the tender project and so on. As if you say, okay, we are focusing, for example, on, on um, modularization and prefabrication and virtual design and construction in these terms, right? Because they will have a different, different approach. They also do BIM design, but they do it with a different, di different angle, right? Modular, uh, as a building up modules out of the, um, and so on. Another one who's, who's focusing on, on tact-based planning, location-based planning, and so on, they will maybe focus more on 4D, 5D, uh, work-based planning, advanced work packaging, and so on. So all these different aspects, right? Can bring up different BIM strategies in those three construction companies. And if you do this right, the board will understand the strategic value of BIM, right? Because it's an enabler for a lot of things. Better understanding derives from visualization. More exact quantities, um, for example, derive from a model-based um, quantity estimation. Yes. Right? Better design derives from, and so on. So they will have, uh, actually see the strategic value in, in the opposite of just a return on investment. How much do we spend and what do we earn? So yeah, this is another one. So this is why they are contacting us and yeah, in, in phase three and uh, uh, two, they, they, they see the benefit of the model of exponential transformation and the better understanding of change management. I have an issue with that thing you just said about them thinking about uh, that, how much did they save after doing this two or three years? Because I, I know what the issue is there. They did not do it. They did not commit it 100%. They just tried to do it. And they was not, were not invested 100% one. And exactly. they, they, did not, uh, they did not understood how to do it in the first place. That's the, the, the reason they failed. This, exactly, this is the biggest leap maybe that happened in Norway right now. Like the biggest customers, clients, the national uh, agencies, public road administration, railroad administration, and Statsbig, Statsbig, all of this, Nevair, have understood the value in it. And they are the, the pushovers. They are the ones uh, pushing everybody else with the requirements they have on their projects. Like... It's very difficult if you wait for a, for a contractor to build a project with the most advanced technology. It makes no sense if you require him to do it in the old way. That it's no, he wants to make more money from it, right? It, he won't earn more money if you don't have a, a contract that gives you that, like an IPD, right? Or something else. So it would be very difficult. It must come from the client. And if the client is not doing it, and if they just try, like they see some marketing solution, they... they they employ Revit on their workflow or Solibri, and they say they use BIM on their project. That's, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. They, they don't understand the scope. So what you say is you need to have the, the right BIM requirements from the owner. Yeah, from the owner, from the client. For, yeah. Client, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, let's 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 jump in there because I think this is a pretty pretty interesting discussion. Of course, I'm 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 with you. If you're focused on on BIM projects, right? Um, someone needs to come up with BIM uses, right? Where do you as a, why why do you want to use BIM? Exactly. We know the problems. We know that uh, the BIM executions plan uh, that the BIM ex execution plan in the beginning is packed full of requirements. Right, we want to have the as-built model for the facility management later on. So um, this is dictating that we need LOD 500, LOI 500, and so on. We need to have this, right? I'm with you there. But and now, now uh, the the angling comes. This needs to be differentiated um, of the of the, as a due to the timeline. In the beginning, you don't need to have FDV or, or facility management information. In the in the beginning, it's all about uh, design and design coordination and, and, and do the right designs, right? In the, in the second step, it's maybe about workforce planning and how you want to execute this on the construction side. And then you need more information due to the... So in the first, as a BIM manual of Staatsbuch, this, this was the table where you said, okay, who needs to deliver what and when, right? In, in version 1.2. And that was, that, that was great because it gave us uh, some... some uh, understanding of the BIM use dictate what kind of BIM requirements you will need to have in the right stage, right? If you if you Google a multi-concert model, then you will actually see that uh, you can visualize it pretty well, that you have to have all these um, engineering packages, these work packages, you need to align them that they make sense, that you don't do things twice and three times and so on. And that you can go through stages, that you have an early preliminary design, which will be coordinated uh, in, the, in the design team with all the disciplines, and that you then actually come up with one solution which will be detailed after, uh, afterwards. So first they are actually, um, yeah, they, are, they, they are coordinated in all the disciplines, right? And then after this has been done, it will be detailed. And then it's, then it's locked for production, right? And, and this is something you, you, will, you will see when you focus on BIM projects. So if you have a client or a building owner who wants to do BIM in their project, it's, I, I call it the BIM project. And if you want to work as a company, if you want to work with those kind of customers, clients, owners, then this is part of your company strategy, because then in the as a customer perspective, you will put all your clients uh, as Bahn Noor or the other ones, uh, yeah, Neuweyer or, or your, your or Staatsburg, yes, you, you put them in the column and then you need to have the internal processes to deliver what they want, right? Okay, but on, on the other hand, if you are a company, um, and for example, the majority of, of buildings is, is not built by the, by the, by the large nettings segment, but they are built every single uh, house around could be BIMed, right? But then the contractor would need to understand the benefit of BIM in his company. Exactly. Right? Because the customer says, okay, yeah, I don't want to pay extra. I just want to have the house, right? And uh, I, I don't know your processes, so I cannot actually sit down and, and, and describe the BIM requirements you need to fulfill. But okay, if you, if you, if you give me something I can look at on, on my iPad, I see the value, 
if I can, I, I can coordinate this myself and, and furnish it or, or, or put the light switches where I want to have them and check if the door is opening the right way and so on. I can, I can actually list tons of, of things where the customer would say, yes, please, right? Or that you take it from an internal perspective. If you could do more prefabrication on your yard, right? To do this and put this uh, on a trailer, drive this to the construction site and just train it to the place where, you, where it needs to be, you will be much faster, the quality will rise and so on. So if you're focusing on this kind, then you have your BIM strategy. So I earlier was talking about the company internal perspective from the board, from the management to say, okay, we want to focus on these areas. So let's find out how BIM and Lean is actually contributing to those um, perspectives. And then let's find out what kind of strategic value BIM brings or Lean construction brings to the table. Right? And suddenly you will see that, okay, if we build 200 houses of the same kind, how could we do this in the best possible way that we have continuous improvement processes, that we have work packages, that we can track performance, that we can uh, enhance all, all materials and so on and so on. So this would not derive from a project requirement. This would need to come from an internal perspective. Right? And this is something we do. So we go in small, medium, large size companies. For the last 18 months, I worked for a global company, did a program with 150 single implementations. Wow. All the countries and so on. And um, this is not happening because you have 150 single initiatives, but they are combined in some way to say, okay, this is what we need. This is what we want to do. And this is strategic initiative yes so 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 this is where where the internal perspective um is is meeting and overlapping with the with the um external perspective right market and own interest they overlap so if you do not work with customers it might not make sense for you if you have two thousand customers a year Everyone is coming with the garage. I don't know if it makes sense to implement BIM full size. But if you do one project over the next 10 years, which actually is a bridge and so on, it might make sense to go fully in and model every, every uh, rebar. Of course. Right? And have a logistic chain behind it. But it needs to be integrated. Otherwise, it's just fancy. Yes. Right? It cannot just 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 be... The reinforcement drawing or, or or the list of reinforcement there must be a benefit after all yeah so this is what i call where you tie in the bim initiative the bim the bim thing into the as a in, into the company strategy into the strategy map yeah well i i completely agree with that but I, I, i'm saying like i know every stakeholder across the supply chain need to have uh, strategy, yes. BIM strategy in uh, the organization. I'm completely aware ab about that. Uh, what I was trying to say is that the, the client can move the needle quickest with the requirements because the other ones do doesn't have so much incentive if they don't discover. Uh, most, most of the constructors or the designers will employ, uh, like will try to deliver what the client is requiring, right? So uh, maybe you have one or two that are uh, 
uh, more interested in new technology, want to digitize and digitalize quicker, but most most are not doing that. So from this perspective, of course, I th this is this should be like the new normal. Like everybody should have in place a BIM strategy. How do they approach each project and everything? Right? How do they deal with uh, other uh, st stakeholders across the supply chain? But I was thinking only from this perspective that uh, that the process or the 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 culture, the cultural uh, shift, it's happening quicker if the client understands first this and try to to uh, to test it on uh, different uh, projects in pilot projects and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this is also very um, difficult because you you came to Germany in 2012, right? In Norway, in Norway in 13. This was the time where, where the discussion started. What is a digital delivery? Okay, so exactly this is happening uh, in, in different countries right now because you have some pretty advanced uh, clients. They know what they want, but the market needs to be ready for that. So if you want to, if you want to start your project and you have your project stakeholders, you have your engineers, you have your architects, you have all these relations, then you, you need to bring them up to speed and say, okay, I, I, want, to, I want to do this uh, the BIM way, right? With uh, IPD or, or how you call it, right? We had these customers in 2017. It was um, a project which was well suited for the BIM approach. And um, the architect needed to, to adopt BIM quickly to deliver an architectural uh, model, which could be used for all these different purposes, right? Sustainability analysis, um, in communication with, uh, for example, with the structural engineers. Uh, then you had some things like asbestos uh, in the old building because it was partly um, built on, on, on existing um, uh, architecture. So, so we used it for, for this as well to determine quantities from it to, to do work-based planning and so on, right? But everyone needs to be on board. And if you have, for example, a very regulated market, as we have in Germany right now, uh, the question is, okay, how do we deal with these special um, chapters, right? So normally you have, in Germany, you have a regulatory system where you say, okay, if you if you want to do this in phase one, you have phase two, you have phase three and four and five. And, 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 and the content, what's being done, what's part of this step, this phase is defined. And there's also, how to say, a system related to that, which states, okay, and this makes so and so much uh, fee for this in percent, right? So if you, if you come up now with a totally new process, it's yet not not just the technology, right? It's not no. just that we just rev it to the project or 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 Solibro or Navasworks or whatever. It's that the processes are changing as well. Design coordination is is one part, right? You so so you could proceed the old process and just say, okay, now we do design coordination, but suddenly you read something about integrated concurrent engineering and say, okay, this naturally makes sense. Let's try this, right? And and suddenly everything is head down. Everything is new. How do you deal with it? And then suddenly design costs go through the roof 
and you have to have iterations and with knowledge comes decisions and then you you start from scratch because you see okay this does not make sense so you have two times three times four times iterations and so how, how do you deal with it right the technology is there the processes are known but there is not uh, as a there are not many markets already which understand the implications of BIM processes to the whole business model. Yes, exactly. And uh, the thing actually about the design part, that should not be a problem since design cost is around 10% of the project. Yeah, you, you, uh, you need to be prepared for that as a client. You need to have more uh, to put more of the bigger pro uh, percent of the project for the design, but you are going to save much more on the site because you are going to avoid uh, clashes. You are going to avoid to, to have uh, conflicts there, right? And we know that. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about exactly this one? Mm -hmm. This is interesting because um, now we come back to the return on investment or strategic value, right? If you do everything right and you take the McLeamy curves seriously and you have the front loading and so on, you have to have the right ecosystem around you. You cannot do this in, in any environment. You have to have the specific environment. Right, because of course, if you have a better designed project, construction will be more efficient. But if you are still on on old contracting models, who will benefit then? Is it the owner, or is it the contractor? No, or the is owner it, it... loses most. The owner is paying for everything for all this nonsense. He that that's why I'm saying that this should be the first reason why the owner should want to digitize and to, to employ BIM because they are going to save the money. They are paying everybody else involved in the process. They pay the guy with the materials, they pay the designer, they pay the constructor, right? They are the only one having money here. They are coming with the money, right? So they should be, but the problem there is like, they, they are not the most educated ones in this. They don't know better. Most of them don't know it can be done better in a better way, you know, that's a problem. And who do they I ask for? My, yeah, I, I think my point was that um, with BIM, new new BIM technology and and new BIM processes, um, you also have to look on the contracting models, right? How how do you want to do this this whole project? And um, I think if you have a look on, on different markets, you will see that you have different models there, and you have also a shift in how how this is done right in uh, in australia for example they have alliancing in the uk i think as well in the commonwealth uh in in the american markets you call this partnering right in germany you call this uh, ipd and so on so so these are aspects putting the finger to the problem right that it's uh, that it needs to be a more integrated design process Right? We want to, as we, we know all these benefits now that uh, a model um, increases understanding. And if you, if you put different models together, you, you have a coordination model where you can identify clashes and do much, much more design um, on that one, take better informed decisions and, and uh, increase the whole quality of the building. Right? Exactly. This, is, this is not something uh, set in question, but um, the question is, if you implement BIM partially, do you have still a positive impact on the project or does it not, does, doesn't it make sense because you are missing a lot of other parts? But what, what does that, that mean to employ BIM partially? I don't, that, that makes no sense. 
If you start a typical project with a typical timeline uh, and the typical uh, sequence of, of traits and disciplines, then it does not make uh, a huge impact. So if, if the architect is starting and then after, after uh, um, a couple of months and so on, the structural engineer comes in and, and when they are finished and have coordinated everything, the technical disciplines uh, appear and uh, they need to, to work what they get. Right, and and this is this is not making sense. So this is why we came to a more integrated um, design process where we said, okay, everyone involved in this project needs to be involved from the start. Exactly. You can do a, you can you can do a much faster early early design, which is more integrated, where you can make the decisions early. How much space do we need between uh, ceiling and slab? How much space do we need in the shafts? Uh, where do we put the technical rooms? What kind of and so on? Right. This is this this can be done in an integrated design process. Yes, I completely agree with that. But, but if you if you just apply it partially and say, okay, now we do it with BIM, the architect needs to model it uh, either way because he needs to derive drawings from a program, a computer program, like Ashikat and Revit, uh, and he he has the model. So you're doing it anyway, right? But suddenly you request them to actually publish a model every week and be part of a coordination hearing every week. This is not part of a typical pro, um, contract, right? So, so suddenly you, you, you see contracts appearing that, that the contractor is taking, taking a bigger role in the process because the owner, the, the clients, they say, okay, if you want to have this, our experience from our research is that if you go to the contractor directly and let him do everything, he knows best what he wants, what he needs to build he can understand us much better uh, because he's building it in the end. So if we are in contact with him directly, there are certain benefits, right? Or the other ones say, okay, the complexity of this building is so high that it's not the contractor, but the general planner. So then they go to uh, the typical ones and uh, um, give them actually uh, the contract to, the, to, to design the whole hospital, right? And this is engineered down to the last screw and um, then it's a main contract where you just put the drawings on the table and say okay what does it cost to build so these projects they they need to focus on the right aspects right so if you are a contractor and you have calculated that you want to build this in in prefabricated wood elements this school right and you do it in 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 a typical way then you suddenly recognize that, okay, if we want to order this from the factory in time, then we need to actually come up with all the openings, all the voids in the structural elements early because we need to actually calculate those walls. So they need to be in there very quickly. Exactly. And suddenly you understand that the technical disciplines need to be in place much earlier. Yep. And this suddenly, what I what I um, said earlier, puts everything upside down, right? This is the front loading, which cannot be done in uh, common context. This needs to be done in a BIM context, in a BIM project context. All this, like, we can talk about only about this topic, like possibilities, it might work or it might not work. Days, I'm sure about that, like, if we ask around and we can talk with people like a lot on this topic, but I, I will say, I will try to, uh, finish this topic with, uh, with one thing, like if in Norway, this doesn't exist almost anymore. Like I'm talking about big, important projects. 
like all the, the important players are not talking about this anymore. And everybody else complies. So, and I go, I take this a, a step further and I'm saying like, if it's possible in a country that a country, a small country can do this, that's, it makes no sense that should not be possible to do it in another country as well. You need to scale it, of course. It's going to be more challenging, I'm sure. But take a look at those guys. How did they do it? Why is working there? Why should not work on a part of a country, on my, on my country, if that is working there? And are they losing money? Because most of the projects are saving lots of money. But they are 100% in this. They are not doing it halfway. Or, uh, yeah, we use Revit to, to generate drawings later. You know, that's this is, not... This is an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. This is something I, I, I need to... I, I need to uh, research a little bit more uh, what the volumes of BIM projects are compared to the Norwegian market. So, of course, if you, if you have different markets and, and you take the, the awareness of BIM uh, and the desire to use BIM and the knowledge to use BIM as the foundation, right? Then you have a saturation in a, a very high diffusion of BIM in the Norwegian market, of course, right? But this journey started in 20... Yeah. I don't know. And at least what I know uh, with the bigger projects in 2008. Yes. Right. So, so we are looking back 12 years now and we can say, okay, we have come far. Yeah. Um, but, but there were no it, models. It's not that, that it's not existing in Germany. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are certain players and I know them already. Um, they, they have great experience. They're doing projects uh, in, in, in the BIM methodology. This is this is not the, that is not existing, and there are owners and and uh, architects and engineers and contracts uh, construction companies, which are using this approach for years for decades now. It, it's not that it's not existing, right? But from the from the awareness level, BIM is not that common yet, right? Because we have so many projects which have been started years ago without that focused. So it's not that in, in Norway, it's a great market. I, I, I love this, that you have Decote uh, conference where the industry is meeting. It's, it's not that everyone is, any, anyone is missing. You, you, you meet up there. And the same gang is meeting up with the Building Smart uh, yearly conference as well, annual conference. And, and you have certain, certain um, contact points in the industry and there's a lot of knowledge exchange and collaborations and even the EBA as, as one of the forums, right? There is a lot of knowledge exchange. It's not that everyone is hoarding information and, and trying to protect the competitive advantage. It's something like, okay, it's not mature yet. We are trying and failing and you do the same. Let's try to do some, some knowledge exchange here, right? Exactly. And that it's is not happening only everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, that is not happening uh, only at the country level. Like you see, what I'm doing here, they are also willing to share with the world. And yes, this is this is uh, what I want my po my podcast to be. Part of uh, its mission is this: to be a platform of good good examples, and people are very exciting to be a part of this. This is this is interesting. I think this is this is the right way to do it, and I, I want to join you. We just decided. Um, a couple of weeks ago that we want to share our knowledge in regards to the BIM implementation, right? So we came up with the domain name implementationframework.com and this is not redbearconsulting.com, right? It's, it's, it's a known content hub 
where we want to actually put our implementation framework first, where you can go, where you can download it, where, where, where the space where you find more information about the psychology of change, where you find more about this, this communication model we talked about with storytelling, what is a good story, what's the pattern, and so on. How do you share it, and so on. This will be the content hub. Because, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and this, but but this takes time, right? We need of to course. sit down. We need to actually synthesize everything we've done because if you are doing it in a context of a company, then it, it appears in front of your eyes. This kind of project, we are doing this and that. If you want to do it more generally, we need to put it. We just seriously, we finished the German draft now for the for the um, ten steps through the implementation framework, right? This gets online latest this week's. I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming of it already. I cannot sleep anymore. I want to bring this out there, right? Because I want to tell people, sit down, do your homework, define a good strategy, which ties into the company strategy that you get the resources, the budget, the support, the commitment of the board, right? And then start with what you can. You know the processes, you know technology better than everyone else. I cannot help you there. But when you select the people, Try to think about this one, that one, that, 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 that. And in the third phase, here it gets down to business, right? This is where David comes into the picture with the psychology of change, explaining what to do, right? Why this is important, right? And, and this is what we want to share. This is not a business model from the start. Maybe it derives from there, but we want to share. And this is the same you do with your podcast. This is the same what BIM Corner does with all the- Exactly, yeah. Terrific knowledge, right? And Norway is ahead. We have knowledge, we have experience, we have, how to say, best practice, which can be shared with the world, right? And this is, this is so important because what I see is you always have this tunnel view where you, where you just see your own market and, ah, this does not make sense yet. There are no owners paying for this or there is no, no market for that and so on. But globally, it's it's growing exponentially, right? See how far um, everyone got with um, VDC mentoring, right? In 2011, it was something like just a few um, were in Stanford and they were some evangelists came in, coming back and talking about VDC and ICE and Vedek stood on the, on the stage and, and, and told to everyone, this is the way to go, right? And then it took almost three to four years before the others. The second wave of companies Last went year. over to Stanford, right? Last year, it was a wave of uh, over a hundred people. Yes, and then and then, and then the others, they, they adopted it over and over again. And uh, me, myself, I was there in 14 or so. Yes, 14. And we used it in a couple of projects and so on. But now, last year, with all the, all the mentors globally, with all the exchange, it's really accelerating, right? And this is what we need, right? We need to have a pure view on the on the thesis, the models, the definitions, right? It was something like everyone was doing VDC, but no one did VDC because no one took the literature literally. Right? But now we can improve those theses, those those elements over and over that it increases very lot. Right? Yes, and this this brings more maturity into the market, so that we reach the 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 maturity which is required to define this as 
early majority capable, right? They are risk averse. They don't take any risks. They, they ask for social proof. They ask for stable processes. It's not like, okay, we can try this. No, no, no. Tell me exactly what I need to do. Who's using this? What kind of benefits do they have? Can I talk to someone? What kind of experience do they have? Psychology again, right? And this is, this is the point. You need to come up to the certain level of maturity before you can introduce this to the next spectrum in the life cycle. Yeah. And, you know, exactly that's why it's very important to go out there. Put it out there. How you can, what can you do regarding this? Because you will, like, you will help to raise awareness and the level of knowledge of this, right? And what is happening then? then is something uh, miraculously happening right all the resistance is melting away when you are when when the level of of knowledge increases in a domain like the the resistance almost disappears like 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 i see now like i said these talks have been like a few years ago in norway some resistance now like like a big le- like a, at high level nobody is talking about that anymore we don't talk like if we should we just talk about what is the best way to implement it. So, uh, yes, it's very important. Like, people need to know that, that's why I think this is very important, needs to know that there are places where this is working. Because there are many people that have no clue about this. They believe that this is going to happen in 10 years or something. But in Norway, like I, I, I heard somebody says that uh, has been already uh, built over 100 projects without drawings how many of those uh, like uh, over 100 projects have been built in norway without drawings drawings without uh in in vama 12 or like no no no. without paper paper, without paper drawings like no drawings only with beam with the beam model using uh, beam shosks and uh, mobile and tablets no drawings no drawings have been generated for this and this is very important why because to make drawings, it takes much more time than the model. Yeah, no, I, I get this. And uh, this is also a strategic uh, uh, point. If you really want to increase efficiency in the design process, you need to ask what the value of drawings, right? And the yes. work of creating those and taking those uh, to the next level. But um, okay, interesting. And not only that. Uh, I, I, I knew about the first projects. As a, I knew there was a couple of, a handful, but um, I didn't know there was a hundred. So yes, yes. Uh, we we uh, we crossed that uh, mark. And not only that, like I said, like Baninur, Statens of Vesen starts big. Most of their, I, I cannot say if it's all. Okay, infrastructure projects. Most, most of them are requiring only, only this approach. No, yeah, but this is this is also interesting, right? Um, when I when I um, started with infrastructure projects a couple of years ago in in fourteen, I was I was surprised. I was coming from from Arise Construction and so on. Yeah, right? buildings and yeah, buildings, right? So we were talking about uh, BIM as uh, ex- a BIM files like like IFC standards and yeah. uh, BCF and um, Solibri and Revit and so on. And then I started in this uh, infrastructure project, and suddenly it was more about CUF feeler, uh, files and DWGs again. And it was something like, what? What are you doing there? And suddenly I understood that, wow, they, they, they're doing pretty amazing stuff with this uh, because they have the survey as a surveying engineers included in those processes. A lot of concrete structure is done by, 
by by those surveyors, right? They set out the points. They exactly do all the work. They are measure, as a, they are they are taking taking the the coordinates. After that, again, as the S build information, and suddenly uh, V seven seventy appeared, and uh, it was something like, okay, this this is a totally different approach to the same topic, right? So so two two worlds, right, existing so close beside each other, but they are doing totally different stuff, right? And, and they, they have both high maturity levels. They, they talk about the same stuff, but they cannot agree because it's different file formats. Different right? approaches. Because you don't have those geometry as those, 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 those classes uh, or categories and so on, right? This is, this is amazing. So knowledge transfer between those definitely is required to, to do the next step. And um, definitely then you have a lot of um, drawingless uh, Projects. Yeah, and you know why is this important? Uh, first, uh, not only from a perspective like uh, how much time it takes to design, but how smart is the data you produce, right? Like, yes. if you, a 3D model is much easier to to use further in the in the facility management, right? If it has the right data, of course, you need to to take that into account. You need to put the data that you can use for facility management, of course. But the drawings, what you do with them? You just scan them and have them as PDF. That is not smart data. That like you need to employ much more resources to to find out how to uh, use that. It's much easier with the 3D model. And um, regarding the fence or uh, the differences between the infrastructure and the buildings authorities here, actually, this year they they started to work a lot together. Actually, this year Banenor started to work with Statsbig to learn from each other and uh, to implement the same. Uh, requirements that Statsbig is doing because Statsbig has uh, was had the most advanced requirements, and now there is a very good uh, cooperation between all these agencies. And uh, recently, Baninur has released Kravtil Informations Modeling um, requirements for uh, beam modeling, which is uh, going to be on a huge project, uh, which is a very very detailed uh, requirement. For the deliverance, uh, for for the three, the B model, right? So, and they don't plan to use that just to 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 make some uh, build uh, some uh, renderings from that. No, they plan to use to use it on facility for facility management as well. So, it's really nice. It's really really nice uh, seeing this. I will um, like in the future. I'll uh, I will address this. Uh, this is something I will work a lot on uh, with. Uh, to start to try to put out as much as possible from these initiatives, maybe somebody will uh, will be interested to learn more about it. We we talk too much about uh, this, but we I did not ask you what what is beam for you. <laughs> Let's do that before I I forget to ask you about that. Yeah, beam beam is more or less a synonym for a lot of change in the construction industry, starting from beam technology, uh, more integrated processes, something we call beam now. Um, and it's even a strategy or, or ability to define new business models. Um, when you take it from a, from a definition point of view, definitely you can go uh, with, um, with, with all those definitions that it needs to be the process we need to do um, better quality in time delivery, in budget delivery, more operational excellence. On the other hand, it's a lot of technology, software, file performance, file exchange collaboration on a technical level. It's uh, a lot of different uh, stuff. And this is this is also not making it easier. 
Right. Um, everyone has read about the BIM somehow, and um, there are different perspectives on the same topic. Yeah. So when we when we define it, we we have we have uh, how to say a model um, where we say okay, it's um, strategy, process, and technology, and then um, you you put brackets on on this uh, diagram, on this Venn diagram, and then you put people. So, so um, you have you have the, the the content, the thing you are talking about, uh, strategy, process, technology, and then you have the change management involved with everything. Yeah, that sounds good. And this is this is our level because if you want to carry this uh, again, if you want to carry this into the into your organization or into the pros, uh, project or into the market, you need to do a lot of convincing. Right? You have to tell all those success stories. You have to tell the whole journey from when we started and failed and, and, and tried again and worked hard and redefined. And suddenly we came up with a lot of experience and, uh, and something what works, right? And this is what people want to actually hear. This is what they need to actually re readjust their positioning in terms of BIM. Yeah. And um, when when a certain uh, diffusion is, is is met, then the early majority is, is uh, also taking this into into account, right? And then then you get a lot of traction, a lot of adoption, uh, a lot of talk about this. And this is much simpler in uh, in a smaller market like Norway, as you will have it and meet it in in, in Germany, for example. But a lot of awareness is done, and this is uh, really interesting. So you have a lot of conferences right now, a lot of uh, seminars, workshops, but uh, COVID doesn't help, right? So yeah, we need to find out how we deal with this one. Yeah, you you need to move it to the online a lot because uh, yeah, it, it it's what happened uh, with uh, many other uh, other things. Yeah, people. Uh, have uh, had it as a challenge at the start, but now we start to to get used to it because it's we don't know when this is going to end, right? So yes, we have true. the technology there to use it. So it's only up to us to just tap into it and use it, right? Yeah. Regarding um, adoption of uh, BIM strategy, do really all the uh, companies involved in the AAC industry need a BIM strategy? Do you need a company strategy? Yes, of course. You need to have a goal. You need, uh, or or you need to have a vision at least, and um, you need to focus on on breaking down this vision into different different perspective. What we have seen is, even though there might not be a officially articulated strategy, there is a lot of strategic thinking, and uh, management often has uh, a goal to meet. And um, then the question arises, how, how can BIM support to meet those goals? Right? If you are a company focusing on that, that um, every uh, strategic initiative has to have um, positive impact on financial performance, then you really have to sit down and try to craft your BIM strategy that this is true. Otherwise, you don't get funding for the next round. And this is not different than entrepreneurial startup, right? If you if you play around three years and don't come up with a solution to actually monetize BIM in your company's business model, then you have a problem. 
right? So if you if you're doing more and more BIM projects and go out with a loss because you have spent double as much time but didn't earn a dime more, then then you have a problem, right? So so it needs to be strategic aligned at least. And if you are a bigger organization and you have uh, different initiatives like the VDC initiative uh, and lean initiative and operational excellence initiative and uh, international uh, purchasing on, on, of, of things and, and, and so on. All these initiatives, they need to have an alignment as well, right? So we are talking about medium size and large organizations. They definitely have a strategic as a, a, a business strategy. And BIM needs to tie into those strategies. Otherwise, it's just, okay, we need to do this. Just get it done. And then it's reduced to operational topic. It's something like, okay, engineering does BIM now. Do it, right? Do it. But, but this does not help, right? This is not enforced by management. This is not lived by management. This is just, okay, do it. We need to do this, right? If you want to work with Nivaya, you have to come up with something, right? Yeah, we start with this when we get the contract. Not good. Right. Short sight, short sight, and too much focus on the tools, and not understanding that actually processes are going across the entire leadership chain in the company. Yes. It's not enough that uh, only the engineers or the designers must do this. This needs to be understand about the project leaders, about the bosses. How yeah. does this work? You cannot do it. Like that's another reason why many fail, and they say they tried BIM. But they just uh, did it at a, the lowest level, right? Without understanding and really implemented it. Yeah, but this is also something. There are not um, that many BIM projects, even in Norway, that you can say, okay, you have a diffusion and a possibility for everyone, right? So it's it's like like um, who, who's there first, right? If you if you have uh, a limited number of projects and you start the first of those projects, then you will actually meet maybe a market which is pretty immature, right? Then you invest a lot of uh, time and efforts into market education. And in the end of the project, you have a team of people who are pretty advanced and mature. And then you start the second project. Who do you start it with? Okay, then you say, okay, I want to work with the same team because they have uh, a high maturity. They know what they do, right? But they maybe have different projects now. So you have to do it all over again, right? You start with a new team. You have to build up the same competencies. You have to uh, raise maturity through adoption here and so on. So, so you're starting over and over and over again, right? But there are not that many projects that everyone can be part of a BIM project. So you will actually define a group of people which are pretty advanced and some who, who, who fall behind. And then there will be a gap in between. And then you need to have someone who tries to close the gap again, like Staatsburg, who said, okay, we don't leave anyone behind, right? Or, or um, how to say, governance, uh, governance that you try to come up with some political steps to actually enable the whole market. And um, then you come to a maturity, which is actually uh, average. Right, which where you can say, okay, everyone can BIM somehow has been part of something. And this is often often, often started in, in, in the bigger companies like Sweco, uh, COVID. Um, yeah. I understand. If I may ask, how, how much is used uh, ISO 9650 in Germany? How much are you using the guidelines from there with what you do? 
For many, it's still new. Uh, I think many have waited until it was regulated um, so long, and now there is uh, more attention on that. We see a lot of more uh, invitations to to webinars and, and meetups um, talking about this, and this is important because uh, it, it gives some more, how to say, official focus on this one. It's not unregulated anymore. It, there is a standard, right? But uh, I cannot see an immediate impact uh, now. Those who did it, they are aware of it, um, but I think it's not a driver for, for, for adoption, if you mean this. I see. How about, uh, let's say a company would be interested to implement a BIM strategy. Can you give some, uh, what would be the, the best approach and the quickest? How, how should they start? What kind of company? Doesn't matter. In, you can give examples for uh, for uh, each of them if you wish. <laughs> yeah. Go to implementationframework.com, download um, the guide, uh, the, the ultimate guide for implementing BIM in 10 steps and uh, just go through the strategic alignment, the, the uh, team building, the process optimization, process integration part, do your pilot project, focus on selected project, train to trainer concepts and storytelling. And then take it from there. There is there is a place for you. Implementationframework.com. You just need to release the to publish the everything on the website before I release this episode. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is actually as a we 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 are starting in Germany right now. We will do it in uh, in German uh, first, but um, from New Year's I promise there will be something in English as well. Okay. I'm really it's looking for it. It's still not online. It's still not online yet. Yeah, we go online now um, today, um, right after um, this interview, and um, you can check it out. Um, and we will come up with an English site as well. We just have to, um, because it's quite fresh. We started in October to to sit down and decide um, that this is knowledge we sit on. We cannot do our courses and seminars uh, as as we want uh, because they are they are. Um, ba based on, how to say, local training, right? Hands-on here. And uh, now we have to come up how we share this knowledge anyway. And uh, I think um, to do the public approach, to share something, to build up a content hub based on, on this knowledge and, and just focus on the implementation of BIM or Lean or anything else, this is, this is uh, really important. We didn't find anything about that. This is why we decided to share it ourselves. And um, I think it's um, it's a good start. And we also, we, we are using our own framework in day-to-day um, -day business, right? So we have uh, improved it over the last couple of years. It started with just a sketch. Um, and, and now it's, it's really a package of existing methodology and tools and, and everything from strategy mapping to, to storytelling, right? And... Um, I know that um, this this can be adopted. I read hundreds of books uh, over the last 10, 12, 15 years, uh, gaining this, this this knowledge, and and I have some experience. So I, we have synthesized it down, right? We have, we have, also, we we needed to make this adoptable that we can use it every time. And uh, why not share this? That sounds good. I really appreciate uh, you getting in contact with uh, with us. And uh, it was really, as I, I listened to one or two episodes um, before this podcast now, I think it's really valuable. Uh, and, and I like that you said, okay, you had so many questions. 
which can be answered by experts, this is the right approach, right? And you gain uh, an audience. This is uh, very important as well. Yeah. Yeah. How can somebody contact you? Via LinkedIn. You can, you can go to my LinkedIn profile and you can leave me a message. This is the first thing. And definitely email mfr at redbergconsulting.com. And um, we want to push the implementation framework.com. So um, yeah, this is, this is important that people get, get there because they will, they will also get all the information. And uh, right now it's just, um, how to say, the, the guide. You, you will be able to download there. You can also actually be part of the, the, the webinar. Right now we are focusing on getting everything together in German because it's uh, mother tongue. And then um, we do a second wave where we actually translate this. Um, so um, there will be content uh, um, yeah, around mid as a New Year's. Awesome. I will uh, make sure to put all these links in the show notes and I will specify that is going to be valid uh, from the 2021. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, so, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.